Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be both encouraged and challenged to step into what God has in store for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Hey, we're in a great season as a church. We are in a time of fasting and praying. We call it the Daniel Fast, based on the, in the book of Daniel, where we see Daniel fast for 21 days. It was a partial fast. I don't know if you have joined in or if you're on board when it comes to the fasting. It's not too late to do that. If you want to have a brochure about fasting, we have one in the foyer. Feel free to take one. And uh, what, we want, what we wanted to do and what we want to do is to seek the Lord together. I think that's a good thing, right, for the church to seek the Lord together. We had an, a live event last week where we focused on prayer. And then we were, we're also having the uh, prayer summit coming up this Tuesday. And we invite you to come in numbers uh, so that we can seek the Lord together. So uh, what we want to see is we want to see revival upon our land, right? We want to see God work in our midst. We want to see God step in our lives, right, as a whole and also personally. So when it comes to this topic in this time of prayer, uh, we're talking about prayer and revival. So what we want to see is that we want to see God move. We want to see God intervene. We want to see God come in our lives and come in the church, right? So the thing is, uh, we, we want a, a visitation from God, right? We want to experience God in a powerful way. Like, for example, when we come here and we worship the Lord, we want to experience Him. So we want a visitation, but what we want the most is an habitation. What we want to see is we want to see God work in our lives on a regular basis. We just don't want to pursue events or where we have a high. And it's kind of cool to experience God together like this, and I think that's important. But what we want to see is we want to see God continue to work in our lives during the week, right? So we want to carry this anointing or carry the manifestation, the manifest presence of God in our lives. I'll ask you a question this morning. How many of you, you have the gift of waiting? That you love to wait? That when you start your day, you're saying, God, I can't wait to, to wait I, I, I want to wait, open doors for me to wait. I'm, I'm passionate about waiting, and it's, waiting is fun. How many of you would say that's your case? I'm probably none of us, right? Waiting is not easy, and it's not fun. And I believe that we've created a culture, an impatient culture. I think uh, uh, impatience is cultivate in our society because we don't like to wait. Uh, I think about... The shampoo we use, right? Uh, shampoo and conditioner at the same time. I, I don't have that problem when it comes to shampoo. But uh, hey, we are saving time. We don't have to shampoo and conditioner. Let's do it all at once. One shot and we're done, right? It's uh, just to say how we like things quick and we like to see things happen in a chop-chop way, right? Uh, for example, you, you will go for an oil change, a 10-minute oil change, right? That's, let's do it fast. And, and uh, so, so when it comes to culture, we are promoting uh, things to happen fast. And there's nothing wrong to uh, make things easier. But the problem is when it comes to waiting upon the Lord, it might be a challenge for us when waiting is not part of who we are. And when it comes to waiting upon the Lord, it's a discipline. 
It's something that you have to train yourself to. I know for myself, it's hard. I was raised in an environment where you didn't leave nobody waiting. You had to be ahead. Actually, uh, having someone wait for you, according to how I was raised, is a sin. And to arrive on time is almost a sin. Uh, you know, it was go, go, go. Uh, we followed our watch, and, and uh, we didn't leave anybody waiting, and that's how I was raised. And it's a good habit not to uh, make people wait. But at the same time, is we, we, we live in a world where things are so fast. It's all speeded up, and uh, fast food restaurants are even faster, right? And uh, we get impatient easily, and, and we don't like to wait. So, so when we translate that, to our walk with the Lord, one of the, one of the discipline we need to grow in is to wait upon the Lord. Can you tell your neighbor that you want to grow in waiting upon the Lord? Can you do that? Want to wait upon the Lord, right? I don't know if one day we'll have uh, cars where uh, we'll have toilets on the cars, right? <laughs> Just to put your kid on that little seat and you don't have to stop. How many men would like to, do, to have a car with a uh, a toilet, you don't have to wait, you just go, go, and you, you know, uh, so, so, I don't know, maybe in a few years we'll see that, and then you'll see uh, what's the remain of, uh, number one, I got to specify, just number one, not number two, but number one, and, and maybe we can turn that into fuel after, right, I, I don't know, uh, but uh, we're inventing stuff, and it's all about making us more comfortable, and uh, like I said, there's nothing wrong to... <laughs> to grow in technology, but when it comes to our walk with the Lord, we have to remember that God still works the same, same way. And one of the ways that he works, it's, it's through waiting, when we wait upon him. Like I said, we want more than an event. We want more than a spiritual high. What we want to see is we want to see us carrying his will, and what we want to see is this work be done through our lives. And if I don't think it can happen if we don't wait upon the Lord. So waiting upon the Lord is an important factor when it comes to the believer. So we, we want to live by this principle. If you have your Bible, take a look at Isaiah 40, verse 29, a familiar text. If you've been reading for your Bible for a while, you probably have this, these verses underlined. It says, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Awesome. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Beautiful text, right? And here you see the focus, the focus on waiting, that we need to wait. And if you look at the chapter, it talks about God that will not forget us or will not forget his people. And that's the thing we need to realize and remember. God will never forget us. God will never turn his back on us. That's pretty awesome, right? And I need to go to the bank with this truth, that God will never forget us. But he's also saying to his people, don't forget to wait upon the Lord, because this is where you will be renewed. This is where you will receive strength. This is where you will be energized. This is where you will be empowered. So the thing is, when it comes to life, if I want to be fruitful, if I want to make a difference like I want to, and I know that you want to, I have to learn the discipline of waiting upon the Lord. And like I said, we live in a fast-paced uh, world, and we deal with anxiety and stress, and there's a lot of fears that arises in our hearts, right? So how do we deal with that? I know there's some... Um, 
breathing techniques. There's different things that we find in the world that tries to bring a certain sense of peace. But I believe that the ultimate place that we experience this peace is in God's presence. And I know you, you might say, well, pastor, you talk about this topic often because it's fundamental. And I believe in the world that we live in today and as stress full it is and, and the challenges that we face and the pressure that is put on us, if we're not renewed, if we're not refueled, we will live with anxiety. I, I believe that God's desire is not for you to be under the banner uh, or living under the banner of anxiety. And you know as much as me that when you're anxious and you're caught with anxiety, it's very hard to hear. Right? It's very hard to, uh, to have a clear mind. I know, for example, that if I'm anxious and my wife is talking to me, I'll hear blah, 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 blah. You lose your keys, you're looking for your keys, you're not hearing anybody. You've got tunnel vision, right? So when you are caught in anxiety and anxiety rules your life or steers your ship, what happens is that you have tunnel vision. So the thing is, what is the key? What is the key? One of the key is to be able to wait in his presence. Like I said earlier, I don't like to wait. I wasn't wired like that. And, and, but the thing is, it's not normal for me to wait, but it's necessary. It's not normal for me to wait for the Lord, but it's necessary. Can you tell your neighbor that waiting upon the Lord is necessary? It's necessary. If I want to see an habitation where God leads, where God uh, flows through my life on a consistent basis, consistent base, I need to wait upon the Lord. You might say, Pastor, you talk about this top topic very often. The reason why we talk about this is because it's necessary, and we struggle with it because we live in a, in, in a fast-paced world, and we do stuff on our own, and we forget that we need to be energized, we need to be fueled. And if I don't wait upon the Lord, I'm functioning and living um, from my own energy and my own, my own strength. So I, I need to be energized by God. And the reality is that we live, uh, there's so much pressure, and we, we deal with so much anxiety and stress. And there's so much fear that comes our way, Right? Um, you, you can learn breathing techniques, and, and it probably helps, right? And there's different ways to try to calm this uh, storm inside of us. But the reality is that we live in a stressed-out world. And so what do we do as believers when it comes to the stress and the anxiety that we face? It's a reality, right? That there's the danger of living life with this storm inside of us. And when we live with the storm inside of us, what happens is we get tunnel vision. And when we have tunnel vision, we can't see properly and we can't hear properly. It's like, for example, when you lose your key and you're looking for your key, let's say you're, uh, like for me, I lose my key and my wife wants to talk to me and I'm focused on finding my keys. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing blah, 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 blah. I'm not hearing because I'm caught with anxiety. When you're caught with anxiety and, and fear and the stress level is beyond what you can handle, you can't hear properly. And I definitely cannot hear God when I'm caught by stress and anxiety, right? So what I need to do is I need to experience his presence. 
I need to come before him. I need to experience the washing of his presence, the overwhelming uh, reality of him coming upon me, flowing through me, and releasing my heart. So that's what God wants to do. Because every day we have anxiety knocking at our door. And for some of us, it's like it's a real storm. And the thing is, what is one of the key necessary? For sure, you need to live life with boundaries. For sure, you, you, you need to say no to things. And, and, and for sure, there's a way of life. But I think that when you wait upon the Lord, when you focus on waiting upon the Lord and you go in his presence and you experience him, I believe it will bring tremendous peace inside of you. It's going to bring, bring peace in your heart. I like what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, another familiar text. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Are you kidding me? Do not be anxious about anything. Paul, where do you live? You didn't live in today's world, right? The reality is Paul was in prison. He was like chained up, waiting for his sentence. So it was not, he was not just surfing church growth there and just enjoying the ride. He was going through a rough time. And he's there and he says, do not be anxious about anything. Wow, how can that happen? But in everything, can you tell your, na- tell your neighbor, but in everything, in everything, just have this sit in your spirit right now. Have this just that penetrate your heart. But in everything. So you have anxiety, you have fear, there's stress, your bills to pay, workload, expectation. You're a business owner, a lot of stress, you know. So what do you do? In everything, you go to him. And that's what it says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. You don't just focus on what you need to see God do, but you remind yourself of what he has done. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Present your request to God. You wait upon God. You go before God. You present your request to God. And look what it says. Look at the, look at the benefit, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding beyond anything that cross, can cross your mind, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's worth, for a, little, that's worth a little dance. Woohoo! Think about that. What a promise, right? What a promise that if I wait upon the Lord and I go before him and I bring my anxiety, I bring my prayer requests, I bring my stress, if I do that, I will experience his presence. And sometimes we just got to stay there a little longer. Like I've said in the past, sometimes the hardest when it comes to prayer is to tranquilize, if that's a word, your spirit. Where you come to a point where, ah, in God, right? Where you stop and you know, and you know God, right? So you want to see that. So there's, there's something about, about God's presence that brings tremendous joy that becomes our strength. And I believe it has to be cultivated. Waiting upon the Lord has to be cultivated. When there's a visitation, God shows up. It's amazing to see the wave of God's presence. It's ph- phenomenal, and we want to see that. 
But there's something about being in habitation where you carry God, where the fruitfulness of God overflows in your life. And this is why I really believe that cultivating Waiting upon the Lord is huge when it comes to my success, when it comes to my prosperity, when it comes to prosperity, meaning uh, being fruitful in what God has called you to do and be. So waiting upon the Lord, I think it's pivotal, uh, pivotal when it comes to life. I believe that waiting upon the Lord would prevent burnouts. Burnouts are everywhere today. And there's so much stress. Like we have all the, our technology, all our... Uh, or gadgets that are supposed to save us time, and we hear more and more burnouts, right? And the thing is, sometimes we don't have wait, we don't have time to wait upon the Lord. If I would have a heart to heart with you, and uh, and I would and I would say to you, um, I invite you to wait upon the Lord. Um, you you might not say, well, you might not say, but you might thinking, I don't have time, right? I don't have time to wait upon the Lord. But the reality is that I don't think we, we, don't have, we don't have time not to wait upon the Lord. I, I like what Martin Luther said. He said, I have so much to do that I will spend the first three hours in prayer. Wow. Oh, you might say, well, he was a monk. That's the only thing he did. Well, you look at all the writings he did and the influence he had. He wrote a ton of books. And he was a busy man. But he understood that if he wanted to be fruitful... He needed, he needed to wait upon the Lord. He needed to be fueled by God. He needed to be encountered by God. So it's a huge component, right? I, I like the example of Joshua in Exodus 33, verse 11. He says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. That's pretty cool, just that picture. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. He learned to culture waiting upon the Lord. He became the next leader of the Israelites, right? And he stayed a little longer, stayed a little longer in God's presence. He learned that, that discipline of waiting upon the Lord. And I believe for us, when it comes to uh, fulfilling a mandate and being fruitful and having an impact around us, I think we've got to go back to the basics. And one of that basic thing that we need to see in our lives, it's to take time to cultivate waiting upon the Lord. Still with me? It's not natural, but it's needed. It says in Psalm 103, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praises his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. It's here you see your call sometimes to say, Soul, bless the Lord. Do you sometimes speak to yourself? They say that when you answer back, that's not a good sign. But when you say, Soul, Bless the Lord. Where you say, hey, I, I know what I don't feel like it. It's not a question of emotion. I need to do this. I need to do this. It's the same thing when it comes to waiting upon the Lord. When you're stressed, when things are rocky, that's not natural for you to go and wait upon the Lord. Right? But it's natural. It's to call your buddy. What's natural, it's to, it's to talk about it. What's natural, it's to, to, to YouTube it or, or to Google it. But here... I believe that for the believer, if we learn, whatever age you're at, especially if you're younger, if you can develop that at a young young age, blessings to you. But if you develop waiting upon the Lord, this is where you'll have breakthroughs in your life. So, So, like I said, waiting upon the Lord is not wasted time. 
It's invested time, and you'll see God work into your life. So what is to wait upon the Lord? It's to take time with him. Secondly, it's to give God time to intervene. Again, like I said, we live in a world that is go, 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 microwave society. So what we have to learn, it's to give time for God to intervene and not to run ahead of him, right? Not to go before him, but to wait for him to intervene. And this is hard to do. Would you agree? It's hard to do. We want things now. We want things delivered to our door now. And then if God, it seems like if God drags it a little bit then, you say, God, if not going to do it, I'm going to do it for you. You jump on the seat, on the driver's seat, and you make things happen. But usually when, when we do that, it doesn't turn out very well, right? Exodus chapter 14 Verse 14, it talks about the Israelites where they had the Egyptians on their heels and, and they saw the smoke and they saw the, the, the dust and the army of Pharaoh that were coming at them and uh, that was coming at them and they were caught between uh, just in front of the Red Sea and, and they were freaking out. They were literally freaking out. And, the Lord, and God said to Moses, the Lord will fight for you and you have to be silent. In the original, it says you have to be quiet. In my version, it says just shut up. <laughs> shut up. Stop freaking out. Go to the Lord. Consult the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. God has a way out. God has a solution. God has a plan. God has something in store. So instead of running ahead of God... What you do, you say, God, what are your thoughts in this? What is your plan? What are you up to? You take a time to step back and to hear what he has to say where you wait upon the Lord, right? Waiting upon the Lord is not to be passive and not to do anything. You, you have this example in the Bible of the Thessalonians where they heard that Jesus was coming soon, so they stopped working. So what's the point of working if Christ is coming back? So they, they jumped their job and they were waiting for God to show up. The thing is, waiting upon the Lord, it's not, not doing anything. I, I like to see it like waiting upon the Lord. It's like also when you, get a, you might be going to the restaurant after the service where a waiter will come and serve you. She or he will be waiting at your table, Right? So when you think about waiting upon the Lord is that you wait for God to intervene, but at the same time as you wait for God to intervene, listen to this, you're waiting at his table. You're serving him. You're focusing on the author and the perfecter of your faith. So waiting is not passive. Waiting is not just sit back and say and have this mindset of whatever will be, will be, and have a fatalist mindset, but it's to serve God and believe that he will intervene. So you want to wait upon him, but at the same time, you want to wait on him, right? I like that picture. I like what it said in Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So you focus on God, you delight in God, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So when it comes to waiting upon the Lord, it's to experience his presence, First, and secondly, it's also to give him time to intervene, not to be too quick on the trigger, right? It's not natural, but it's necessary. Like for us, when it comes to doing life, we like to do things now. And God might have another idea. God might have another plan. So you want to discern, we want, you want to discern what he has to say. Secondly, 
Why wait? Why wait upon the Lord? Remember, the first point is, why do I want to wait upon the Lord? Is because I lack wisdom. I lack wisdom. I don't know all things. I see in part. I discern in part. I need to hear what he has to say, right? So I need to acknowledge this, that I know in part, and I see in part. So the reason why I wait upon the Lord is because I need to hear him. There's a lot of decisions that we face in life, right? From choosing someone as your husband or your wife, or when it comes to going to school, uh, your finances, your business, uh, your job, all that concerns you. There's a lot of decisions that needs to be made. So how are you going to make it? Are you going to wing it? Are you going to go on your own understanding, your own wisdom? Or are you going to consult the Lord? Are you going to invite God in the mix and say, God, what do you have to say? What do you, uh, what do you, what do you want to do in this? What is your plan? So I believe that when you live this way and you have this discipline in your life, you will hear him and he's going to lead you, right? So it's important for us not to follow only our gut feeling. I feel it in my gut. I, I feel in my heart. Oh, your heart may be deceiving you based on your hurts. You know, your gut is kind of cool, but it's not the way to go. The Bible invites us to consult him, consult his word. So we want to consult him. We just don't want to do things on our own, right? So I like what it says in Proverbs 3, 5, another familiar text. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You don't lead on your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I like my path straight. I don't like to see my path crooked, right? We all want to have a straight path, and it seems to be a lot easier. When you have a straight path, you can go faster, right? It's way more fun. But how will I see that happen if I trust in him and I lead not on my own understanding? So, so what I need to do is I need to wait upon and I need to, to uh, embrace this discipline of waiting upon the Lord. James says that if you need wisdom, what do you do? You ask him. So you take the time to ask him. Waiting upon the Lord is awesome when it's a portion of your day. But I believe that when you take a time with the Lord, this is where he energizes you, and this is where you have a download. And as you do life, you're able to commune with him at the same time. And I believe this is where we have his download, when we're with him, but also as we do life. And this is where we can have his wisdom. So what we need to realize when it comes to waiting upon the Lord, I need to realize that I'm not wise on my own. I need his viewpoint. I need his download. I like this example that we find about this topic in Exodus 13, verse 17. The Israelites are at the door of the promised land, and they came out under the grip of Pharaoh, and they're exiting, exiting uh, Egypt, and you find Exodus 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though, um, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Logically, according to my little brain, my little head, the faster is the best, right? It would have taken them two weeks to go to the promised land. Two weeks. Hey, if God can open the Red Sea, God can uh, swipe the Philistines out of the way, right? So, you know, logically, without consulting the Lord, doing things on my own, just using my understanding and my common sense, I should follow the Mediterranean Sea. 
Well, why have a detour if we can go directly to the promised land? Why have a longer stay in the wilderness? The Israelites stayed 40 years in the wilderness, but most of that stay was because it was self-inflicted. It was because of their disobedience. But you got to realize it's God that took them through the Red Sea. God said it's better for them to go through the Red Sea, not to face the Philistines, because, you know, when, if they would have went to see the Philistines, they had a easy access to come back. But when they went through the Red Sea, there was no point, there's no return. It was a, it was a miracle uh, action, a miracle, um, a miracle um, uh, work of the Lord for him to open the Red Sea, for them to cross the Red Sea. But what I'm trying to say here is that when it comes to what we know and our knowledge, it's good to have experience, it's good to have common sense, but there's another level. What is God saying? Let's say you don't consult the Lord and you just go on your own. Then you would take the easiest route. You would say it takes two weeks to go to the promised land. Let's do it. Woohoo! But it's not God's plan. You know, that's what not, this is not what God had in store for them. So this is why it's so huge for me to consult the Lord. Because I might think it's the best way, but it might not be because the reality is I don't know. You see? I think I know but I don't know all the ins and the out. So this is why I'm called to trust God. This is why I'm called to consult God. This is why I'm called to have this discipline in my life where I, I, I go to God. I, 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 I connect with them, you know. I like what it says in Isaiah 55 verse 9. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. So the reality is that his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So I can live with this thought, though. Um, well, it's beyond me. Uh, it's my lot in life. And uh, to have a fatalist approach to say, well, you know what? I don't know. Well, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my, than my ways. But I can tap into his thoughts. I can tap into his ways if I wait upon him. This is where he can download in my heart his thoughts if I wait upon him. He can prepare me for what is to come. He can give me the energy. He can give me the strategies, the plans of how to deal with stuff. But the key, the key is to wait upon him. If I don't wait upon him, then I don't know what he's up to. I've got to listen to what he has to say. I'm not called to follow and to run with the podcast of such person. I'm not called to read this book and say, oh, this is what's going to happen in my life. I'm not called to look at Peter, James, and John and say, oh, God did, this to, God did this in his life or in her life, is going to do it in mine. In, in mine. I've got to see and wait what God has to say to me because God doesn't treat us like a car factory. We're all the same. Like God uh, has a way and a plan for all of us, but also individually. So my calling, it's imperative to see that I need to wait upon the Lord to hear what he's up to and what he wants to do in my life. Still with me? You look at the example of Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. What Paul is saying here, he's saying if we would die, if they would kill us, I believe that we could come back to life. What happened is that he was stoned to death and they left him 
there dead, thinking that he was dead. And he got up, and he went to preach to the next city. And his time was not up. He was not done. And he knew that. He knew, he knew that he had a mandate. He knew that he had to go to Rome. He knew that God had a plan for his life. So he had the faith to believe that God was able to raise him from the dead. That's pretty cool, right? Tremendous faith. Believe that. He believed that God was a supernatural God. He believed that God was a God of resurrection, a God that is able to break the laws of nature, that he was super, supernatural in action. He believed that in chapter 1. So he goes on and he does the work of the Lord. He's, he has this faith and this understanding that God is all-powerful. And then you have the same man, the same book at a different season in life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, it says, he's praying to God, he's saying, three times I plead with the Lord to take it away from me, the thorn in the flesh. But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the most, Paul is saying this, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. So in chapter 1, he believes that God can raise him from the dead. And in chapter 12, he goes before God and he says, well, he's got the faith, right? He saw God keep him alive when people wanted to have his skin, when people were fasting for him to die. The people made this commitment to fast until he died. So it was not a knee, it was not a, it was not a walk in the park. So he's got the faith. So then he goes before God in chapter 12 and he says, God, remove the soul in the flesh. And God said, no, I'm going to leave this thorn in the flesh. Because in your weakness, you're strong. I'm being glorified. I'm, being, uh, I'm, being, uh, uh, I'm showing up in your weakness. So you see, there's the same God that works in Paul in two different seasons. And how do you know in which water to, na- to navigate? It's when you take the time to consult the Lord and to wait upon the Lord. You see how critical it is? Because I can run with the message of someone else. I can run with the revelation of someone else. And God never spoke that to me. So what is God saying to me? What is God saying to you? So this is why when it comes to having God as an habitation and not just a visitation, it's huge for us to develop waiting upon him. So our call is to wait upon the Lord. So why do I have to wait upon the Lord? I should wait upon the Lord. It's because I have a pride issue. I won't let you talk to your neighbor and say, I have a pride issue. I won't let you do that. But the reality why I want to see, I want, I want to wait upon the Lord is because I have a pride issue. And it, it, it makes me depend on God. I have this tendency of pushing God aside. I have a tendency of trusting, like it said in Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. We have a tendency to trust in chariots and in horses where we trust in, in our army instead of trusting in God. And we're trusting in our resources instead of trusting in God. This is why I have to consult him. This is why I have to wait upon him. Like it says in Psalm 27, verse 13, I'm still confident of this. This is where the faith is. I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right? I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But it says in verse 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. You will see it if you wait for the Lord. So we want to wait upon the Lord because this is where God intervenes. And thirdly, my last point, 
Why to wait upon the Lord? It's because of my influence. Can you tell your neighbor that you're, you are influential? I'm influential. Can you say that? Why do I want to wait upon the Lord? It's because of my influence. I'm not living alone. Christianity is not a private walk. Like sometimes I hear, and you might hear, oh, my, 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 my faith walk is private. No, it's not. Your private, your, your Christian walk is not private. You're called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, right? Look what it says in Psalm 40, verse 1, in regard of your influence. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and out of the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. It's so beautiful, right? You see, he saw God's intervention. Look what it says after. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. Many will see. When you wait upon the Lord, you're creating a platform for God to intervene. You're teaching your kids this. You're teaching your, your employees this. You're teaching your co-worker, your co-students. You're saying, I trust in God. I, I wait upon him. And there's going to be fruits of that. God will intervene. God will show up. God will glorify himself. And what's going to happen is many will see what he has done and be amazed. And look what it says after. They will put their trust in the Lord too. That's why I'm contagious. So when I develop this lifestyle of waiting upon the Lord, it influences other people because God intervenes and people want to see God intervene. People want to see God make a difference in their lives. But how will they trust the Lord is when you develop this lifestyle of waiting upon Him. Where you go in His presence, you soak His presence up, and you don't run before Him. You give Him a chance to respond. So my prayer this morning for you is that you would say, God, help me to grow in this discipline of waiting upon the Lord. That yes, I want a supernatural move of God, but at the same time, I want to live a life where I wait upon God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're dealing with anxiety. Maybe there's a storm right now in your, in your belly. Maybe you're caught with fear and you're caught with fear and just you're afraid of the future. You're afraid of, of things around you. You know, you're, you're, it's your, your grip with fear. Maybe you're stressed out of your mind and maybe you've got situations that are beyond what you can handle. There's some season that seems to be unimaginable, right? It seems like it's beyond us. It seems like we're falling in a big hole. Wah. I just want to let you know that God wants to grab a hold of your hand. Actually, He is grabbing your hand. I, I want you to, to see that God wants to bring peace in your storm, that He's in your boat, that, he, that He's able to see storm be still and I believe that God is here and I believe signs and wonders follow the preaching of his word and I believe that God can intervene in your life supernaturally at the same time God wants you to experience a lifestyle where you wait upon him amen I would ask you to stand and if you're dealing with anxiety and stress and it's really stealing your focus and controlling your life I just invite you to stretch your hand in front of you Say, God, I, I'm dependent on you. I, 
I ask you to free me. I ask you to liberate me this morning. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would come and and bring a release this morning, that chains would be broken, that walls would come down, that peace would come, would come, in Jesus' name, that the storm would cease, in Jesus' name. Come supernaturally, Lord. May the chains be broken. May there be freedom in the life of your people. You haven't called us to be controlled by anxiety, by stress and by fear. God, you've called us to experience peace. And I pray for this peace that surpasses all understanding just to come and flood this place and flood your people. Yes, Lord, come and move supernaturally. Father, come and refresh. Come and heal. Come and restore. Mm. Yes, Father. And at the same time, Father, I pray that we would develop a life, this discipline, this, that we will cu- we would cultivate waiting upon you, that we would not do life on our own and that we would not run before you, but that we would realize that we need you, that we need your wisdom, that we are proud and we want to live a life of humility. Yes, Father, have your way in our lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the GMC Podcast. For more info about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.